Welcome to That's Marketing Baby, the weekly show where two marketing besties talk all things marketing in the world of B2B and B2C. I'm your co-host, Susan Winograd, and I've spent over 20 years in marketing focusing on paid media and email marketing. And I'm Jess Cook, copywriter and creative director turned content marketer. Every week, we'll tackle a topic that's on our minds and hopefully yours too. Ready? Let's go. That's Marketing Baby is brought to you by Aircule. Aircule is an agency that helps small content teams get control of their SEO, analytics, and content strategy. Susan and I have both worked with the Aircule team. They're amazing. They're super smart, and their free app, Atimo, tells you what content is performing, what isn't, and what to work on next. My favorite feature are knowing what pages are my wallflowers. These are pages with good engagement that aren't getting much traffic. Then I can figure out what to do next. Check it out at otimo.cool. That's O-T-T-I-M-O dot C-O-O-L. And now on to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of That's Marketing Baby. I am Jess Cook, head of content at Lasso, and just one half of the hosting team here at That's Marketing Baby. But I'm the only one here today. Susan has completely lost her voice. She told me she sounded like a man who'd been eating gravel for 12 years. (laughs) That was her direct (laughs) text to me this morning. (laughs) It's just me today and everyone, this is really exciting. We have our very first guest here today. We have the Justin Dunham with us, Aircule. Hello, Justin. How are you? Hello. Good. Before we continue, I just want to say a man who's been eating gravel for the past 12 years, that sounds cool (laughs) as hell. I would listen to a podcast with a man who has been eating gravel for 12 years, I would ask him all these questions, but How did maybe you that's do not that? this podcast, How are you so still alive? Yeah, there... <laughs> Why did you do it? Where do you get your gravel? How are you Should still here? Yeah. You know, all those so would be many questions. questions. Yes, well, we're uh, exactly. super excited to have anyway. you here. Aircule is our exclusive sponsor. So you are, you know, the reason that we are able to come back week after week and, and produce all of these podcast episodes and kind of share our love for marketing with anyone that listens. So first of all, thank you so much for believing in us and, and for the yeah. support. Yeah, it was a huge, I mean, you and I have been working together on various different things for a while now. And, uh, if you're listening to this, I'm probably preaching to the choir, but Jess, your, you know, your stuff is so on point. You're so fun to work with. I learn so much every time we talk. So it is a total no-brainer for us to do the sponsorship, but also a huge honor to be the first guest on this podcast. So thank you. I'm deeply grateful and to just to be here. So thank you so oh much. Oh my for gosh, absolutely. On. So all right, let's jump right in. Justin, tell us about yourself. Tell us about how you got into SEO in the first place. Tell us about how you started Aircool. You know, I think everybody hears a little spiel up front about what it is, but like let's hear the real story. Yeah, totally. Yes, I will not. I will try not to give you a spiel. You know, I have a funny background. I've done a lot of things. I was a classics major in college and I was in finance for a while, worked in nonprofits and did all kinds of stuff. And then I found myself in marketing, you know, about 10 years ago, I found myself in my first marketing job. And I just was like, wow, this is where I was supposed to be this whole time. I mean, I deeply love marketing as just a profession and, and as a thing to do. And, you know, I run lots of different types of teams. I've had lots of full stack experience. I've been demand gen, MongoDB and running marketing at a, this uh, company called Dremio for a brief period, I'm product marketing manager at GitHub. And I've done all this stuff. 
And I am consistently extremely frustrated by how difficult it is for marketers and especially content marketers to get the guidance they need, to get help to achieve their goals. I don't think that somebody should have to know the difference between a 302 and a 301 redirect to be successful. So, so I started Hercule a few years ago. It's been great. We really focus on being partners and with our clients. And we really work on every piece of this because just content marketing and SEO equation is so complicated. It's not a coat of paint that you throw on something. It is a set of design principles and a set of technologies and processes. So we work with clients on everything, right? From what's the strategy to what do we optimize all the way through to writing the outlines, the analytics, the attribution, all these pieces to tell the story so that you know you can focus on the fun stuff. So that's why I started it. Just very, very frustrated. And I love marketers and I am a marketer deep down. And so if I can take some of these obstacles out of the way, that's that's, that's what it feels great to do. I... Like just to throw like more gold on top of that. I mean, I think full disclosure, everyone I've worked with Justin before. He's fantastic at what he does. And I think the thing to me that was like such an eye-opening moment was, you know, Justin and his team kind of put together for when I was at Marpipe content strategy, like what are the keywords we want to go after? They were like, and this was all automated, like color coded by kind of like the most optimal keyword all the way down to like, we should not go after these because it doesn't make any sense. And it was such an eye-opening moment for me that there was somebody out there because, you know, I think I speak for a lot of content marketers were like, we know enough about SEO to like know it's important no, we need a keyword in our titles and our H2s and like not to like cannibalize ourselves with different articles on the same kind of things, right? But like, that's kind of the extent of it. And it's so important. And I think what I really learned from you is like, it can absolutely be part of like, your go-to-market. It can be part of your strategy. And you made that very like clear and visual to me, which was so helpful. Yeah, I think, you know, the document you're referring to where we kind of go through it, get all those topics together and kind of say, yes, we care about volume and competition, but we also care about relevance. And I think that's the leap that a lot of content marketers and SEOs have trouble with and don't think about is content is really hard to produce. It's really hard to produce high quality content, differentiated content. You got to interview the right people. You got to know your product. You have to distribute it. You have to get it into your CMS. We work with a lot of clients where that can feel like uh, even even difficult. And I think the insight that we try to bring is that SEO needs to be moved very early in the strategy process. And all we're trying to do is say, hey, all these topics that you're thinking about writing about and you think are important to the brand, that's great. Let's add a layer to those to use really kind of the only data that we really have when we're just starting to write about something, which is what are people actually searching for and how competitive is it? And that's not the be all end all, right? Like we're going to write about stuff because we want to write about it. We're going to write about it because it's helpful on another channel. But if we move that process earlier and we assess the content strategy in light, what is going to rank or what could rank, that gives us a lot of discipline because first of all, it helps, it gives us some data to look at. And secondly, it helps us explain to other people in the organization why we're prioritizing some things and not others. And thirdly, and I think this is the most important thing, 
is that a lot of people write content because they feel strongly that the content is important or the company feels strongly that the content is important. And again, that doesn't not matter. But if you want to be found in organic search, especially by people who don't already know who you are, you have to write content that people are searching for already. So that has to be part of the mix. And so that's a big thing that we work with our clients on is, again, like, yeah, not just, you know, put this on top, it's some SEO piece, but like, let's get alignment, let's use this data as a way to get alignment around big parts of our content strategy. And then let's go out and produce really high quality stuff that we love for other reasons. And that has a chance driving customers and revenue. And I'll stop talking in a second. But you know, that's another part of this too, is just making sure we connect all these things to revenue because at the end of the day, that has to be part of, you know, what content marketers show that they're doing. And that is also very challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's go there because I think I've always found one, I just love the craft of like content marketing. I love trying to find the story that's interesting, the narrative that like only my brand can own, right? And those are the things I always want to write about. But again, like you say, those aren't necessarily the things that, people are searching for yet or know to search for. And so you have to find, I've talked about this on other episodes, but like some sort of side door for people to come into to find you. And I think SEO is absolutely one of those side doors where you can talk about either directly related to your product or kind of tangentially related that might just be really helpful for your audience, but not necessarily have anything to do with your product. And they can come in in either of those ways. Okay, so walk me through how do we get to that point in the Venn diagram where we're finding terms that are like relevant to my company that we actually want to write content about supports our point of view. And the other side of the Venn diagram, which is people are actually searching for that thing. Yeah. And the third thing I might add there is that hasn't already been covered by a million other people. Right. So I have some really good news for all of all of content marketing about this problem. Yes, that area is maybe not that big, but also you probably don't have the resources to write everything that could be in a very large area. So what we want to do is any, and it's the heart of any strategy, we want to match the tactics that we want to pursue with the resources we have. And it's okay that we have a small little area of the stuff that really matters, because especially as we're building the team out, you know, we might not have the ability to write a thousand things and that, and that requires a different set of tactics that we can talk about. But so the three things that we try to balance, number one is, Well, there are three things we try to balance. I'll talk about that in a second. But the first thing is, the first thing we do with our clients is we really try to brainstorm. So to your point about we have a brand new product, it might even be in a category that nobody's ever heard of before. That's fine. A really straightforward play to do is what are the tasks that my customers are trying to accomplish and how do we rank for how to do those tasks, right? How do I hire temporary employees for a gig? How do I build an SEO strategy? How do I accelerate product development? Your product, even if it's brand new, is designed to solve at least some things that people are already doing. So that can be a really good side door to use to figure out how to marry those things together. And that's really key. And that So the first step in the process is brainstorming all that stuff, all those topics. What are all the things that we want to be known for? What are all the things our customers care about? What that just huge. And, you know, it happens often 
in engagements where we do an initial brainstorm and we're continuing to add more topics as we go. And five to six months into the engagement, sometimes we come up with some brand new stuff. Like, oh, how come we didn't talk about this before? Great. You know, we're doing well and now we can add this. So that brainstorming part is key. But then there are these three things that we try to focus on. Number one is volume. And volume is what is the demand for the content? What's the search volume? We use search data for this, but you could use other types of data for it. There's nothing about this process that requires you to limit it to search. If you can figure out how many times somebody is searching your help materials for something or somebody is searching on LinkedIn for something, that could all be volume stuff. But what's the demand? The supply is competition. So competition is, look, are the top 10 results for this, are they some blog you've never heard of, some other blog you've never heard of, Justin's personal blog, and then, you know, some like, you know, random page on a spam site or something? That's good in the sense that it means there isn't a lot of competition. Or are the top 10 results, Wikipedia, New York Times, NPR, Harvard Business Review, you know, that's going to be a really different conversation. So that's a number, it's a competition number. And then the third number, and taking off my SEO hat, putting on my product marketing hat a little bit, is you know what we call relevance. And it's a score we give from one to five. And relevance is a subjective assessment. Is this in that Venn diagram between what our audience is searching for and what we can do to, to help them? You know, It might be great if we can rank for some random thing that our audience cares about, but if our, we can't help them with that problem, it's not quite as good as something that's in the middle. And then you balance those three things. And so to come back to your question, Jess, I think number one is the brainstorming piece is a key part of this. What are all the topics? What do we talk about in customer conversations? What are the things that they mention? What are the things on our website? What are the things on our competitors' websites? Huge lists, 100, 200, 300 topics, not keywords, topics, ideas, general topic areas. And then you take that and you kind of decide, you put that together with the volume competition. We have some math that does that for our clients and it's great. And we use that spreadsheet that you saw. But that's how you really drill in on that small number of things is by balancing those three things. You need to do some math in our experience yeah. to kind of do that. And I think the part that I love the most was the relevance that you talked about. So when you and I were working together, like it was upon me to assign relevance to those things. And that yeah. was something I'd never encountered before. It made it feel like I had a bit more control over my SEO destiny, mm-hmm. if you will, right? Like, because... As the content marketer, (laughs) as someone inside the company, like I know really focused on right now, or even just for this quarter, we just had this product launch, so really need to focus on that right now. And like, yes, maybe these couple other search terms are a little higher volume, but like strategically, I don't want to go after those right now. Like we need to see movement on this product this quarter, right? So it was things like that, that felt like a really great process that you have created. So bravo for that. I want to hear... Because I know I make a bajillion mistakes when it comes to SEO. I can't help it. That's not my wheelhouse. That's what I have (laughs) you for. What mistakes do you see marketers make that just make you want to like rip your hair out? Yeah, I would say there are a couple of these that come to mind. I think one of them is, and I can come up with some very specific ones too, but I think one of them is treating it like a coat of paint that you put on afterwards. We're going to produce the content first and then somebody's going to SEO it. And it doesn't work. I mean, it used to work. It can sometimes work, but it's not nearly as good as having those conversations much earlier. The other, another mistake I see is not having a strategy and bumping around to this. And then we're going to go over here and do this. And we're going to go over here and do this. And I think a big thing that we do for clients is we help them avoid doing things that aren't going to work. 
We also help them find things that we think will work, but we help avoid. And I feel like in a lot of organizations, the content marketing team gets kind of pushed around a little bit. And so we have worked with clients in the past where this month it's this and okay, we started working on it, but actually now we have a different thing we want to do and we want to go in this direction. Now we want to, and that is really difficult. And so I would say that a mistake there is as a content marketer, especially going forward, you need to be able to articulate why it's important to have a strategy, what the strategy is based on data, and then kind of sell that so you have some stability if possible around your strategy. So, you know, that might not be so much a mistake that content marketers make directly, but it does sometimes happen. And it happens a lot when also we're working with demand gen teams that have outsourced content marketing, where they're just kind of going to lots of different places. So I think those are a couple of the major things we see. It's just lack of focus. And, you know, when we work with clients who are super focused, generally they're, they're pretty successful. In terms of very specific things, that I see happen a lot, and I'll just make this super tactical, but things like using proprietary in-house CMSs to publish content actually is often a big SEO mistake because it reduces your content velocity. And it means that your content marketers have to invest a lot of time into understanding how your system works, working around bugs. When we see issues, there isn't anybody in the community who's already solved it. You're running something that's totally proprietary. And so that is a big one that I see uh, can totally work. That's an issue that I see with content marketing teams. And, and then another one is things just like, you know, basic SEO hygiene, like make sure we're using the thing we want to target in, in our headings, you know, just make it really clear. Don't spend a lot of time on introducing, you know, we see a lot of drafts from clients that spend three paragraphs talking about the history of the problem and, you know, just nobody cares. And so there's a lot of that SEO hygiene stuff. But generally speaking, content marketing teams are in a very good position to be successful, especially given how much smarter Google is getting about good content versus, oh, yeah, they use the right HTML tag if they are strategic and if they can focus on publishing things around a topic that are genuinely helpful, that match their expertise and that they distribute in other places. What about short-term thinking? Does that <laughs> yes. feel like a mistake? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Short-term thinking is definitely, I think that relates to that strategy thing, which is when we work with clients, we have clients we work with who are just starting from scratch. Actually, it's a good portion of clients we work with are, hey, we raised around about three or four months ago. We just hired a bunch of people and we're spinning up our program. Great. Love to do that with you. And... We get to a point where we're, you know, seeing that hockey stick go up, but it takes a few months to get there. And so I think that patience and yeah, sticking to that strategy is really important. And when you get it right, last thing I'll say, sorry, it's much more like building an engine. Paid, I can drop into Facebook today and build you a campaign for 500 bucks a month that'll maybe get you some leads or maybe not, but you'll know right away. This is a very different channel. It's about building a content moat for your brand and building a moat takes time. Yeah. And I think like uh, two things I always think about is one, think about in a year from now, six months from now, even like the amount of goodwill that you will have built up around your brand. If you continue to do this well, like, yes, it takes a little bit, but like, Hey, guess what? You don't have to put so much money into paid search now because exactly. organic search is running like a well-oiled machine. And Think about the value of the company. And I think this is obviously bigger for SaaS startups, B2B, where you have investors 
involved and there's some sort of like dream of exit at some point, right? But like the value of your company, if you can own a handful of search terms that are relevant to you, that's a dream, right? That's incredible. So, you know, I think that's where I always struggle with is with folks who marketing reports into them and they just have this very like, I need to see results yesterday. And that's just not how SEO works. SEO is a very long-term strategic, but man, does it pay off kind of play. Totally. And even in the short term, if you are approaching it strategically, then you're producing content that your sales team can use, that you can distribute in lots of places. There is value that comes out of it. And I would say a lot of people think about content marketing as, oh yeah, you know, I'm publishing a magazine, right? But that's not what it is. You're building these evergreen assets. A lot of them are evergreen assets. And so in theory, also, as you build the machine, it's generating leads, you're not having to touch it. And on top of that, it's making future content production more efficient because you can go back to the well and take things out that you already have and, you know, mash them up and repurpose them and do other stuff. And you just cannot, it's very hard to have a trustworthy brand without that library in any case. Yeah, very good foundational stuff for sure. Okay, on the flip side of those things that really frustrate you, what are some things that like you see content marketers do and you're like, man, I wish everybody would catch on to that? What's one thing? What's one thing? Good question. There are there are a lot of things. One thing that I love it when clients tell me that they're planning to do it is building a set of playbooks or a how-to or really specific things that instruct people how to solve the problem. And they include maybe even screenshots from the thing. So I love when I hear about people kind of connecting, hey, Justin, help us figure out what the things are we want to, what the context is, what the jobs to be done that we want to focus on are. And then we have this idea that we're going to put that together with some documentation and we're going to have like a great resource there. So I love seeing that. I love it when I hear clients thinking about how to integrate the product with the content. So increasingly, the game is going to be about baking your differentiators into the content you create. And the quality of the content is going to be directly related to the quality of the product you have that solves the problem. ChatGPT, I think it, I don't subscribe to everything that's being said about ChatGPT, but I do think that for the right content marketers, it's going to accelerate content production. There's going to be more content out there. And so you're going to need to lean more on what are the differentiators that we have? What's the data we have access to that nobody else has access to? What's the functionality we have access to that nobody else has access to? And so if you can produce a research report using your own data that ranks for something, we have a couple of clients who are thinking about this stuff, or even, and this is the holy grail, and we're working on this with a couple of clients now, let's influence your product roadmap so that one of your features is, oh yeah, this is a page that our product automatically generates for each of our customers that lets them share the status of their product. Okay, or we're up or not, or we're here are our benchmarks, or here's how we do this. It gives some transparency into our customers, but it's a feature of our product. You know, okay, or we're up or not, or we're here are our benchmarks, or here's how we do this. It gives some transparency into our customers, but it's a feature of our product. And that stuff can all rank you. So that's another thing I love seeing and hearing about because increasingly content is not going to be about what well, we wrote an article. It's going to be about this is something our product created by itself, or this is the result of a prompt 
that we put into ChatGPT that has a bunch of our data in it. And the article itself is what it is. So those are things that I love seeing the how-to stuff, product-led content, you know, all those things I think are the future. And we have a few clients who are working with that on now. I love that. I actually was just listening to the Exit 5 podcast last week and some folks were from Jasper were on there. And I got really excited because they're talking about how in a very soon to come iteration of Jasper, you're going to be able to input your brand voice and tone and it will mm -hmm. remember it mm -hmm. and input any proprietary statistics and data to your cool. company. Awesome. Yeah. And it won't share that, but it will store it for you to be used so that it is you know, kind of quote unquote common knowledge when you are creating an article for yourself. So not only yes. are you getting like the speed of AI, but now you're going to get the speed of AI plus the originality of all that stuff that's proprietary to you. Yes, oh, exactly. That's going to be huge. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And that's all how right. you win in the marketplace anyway, right? Is your sales reps are out there talking about your differentiators. Well, you should be too. And one yes. of those is, you know, the data that you have. 100%. Okay. Awesome. Let's hear about Automo. Everyone hears about it at the top of every show. And I have used it before just to kind of figure out like which pages are doing well, which pages could I be paying a little bit more attention to? Like where are my blind spots in terms of my organic traffic and what can I do to kind of boost them? So would love to hear about what can someone use Automo for right now? Let me back up actually. What was the genesis of that product? What was the genesis of Automo? What can someone use it for right now? And what's kind of the vision for where you want it to be someday? Yeah. So the genesis of it, so Otimo is a content analytics app. And its goal is to take all the signals that we're getting about what's working and what's not in your content and give it to you in a way that's like, okay, I understand how to parse these signals and I know what to do next. That's kind of what Otimo is about. And right now it just uses Google Analytics data and we do a bunch of stuff. You connect Optimo to your Google Analytics, and we give you very, very fast, so fast library search. So you can really quickly see, show me all the pages I wrote about strategy. Show me everything that has strategy in it. Great. Let me see how it's all doing. Okay, great. And GA, that takes minutes. And in Optimo, it takes you know maybe half a second to get that information. Then you click in to each page and see a scorecard. And the scorecard shows you here's how it's doing in terms of traffic and here's what it's ranking for. And then we take a bunch of that other data and we put it into buckets, right? We put it into those buckets like, here are your stars. Here's what's really working. Here is your lemons, the stuff that's not working at all. Here's your declining pages. And so Optimo is all about taking all of those signals that you get. And we're going to be adding more and more signals and putting them into a useful and easy frame so that you can figure out what to do with your entire library. And the other insight, so, so one of the insights I had is all these analytics tools are super hard to use, like Google Analytics. Google Analytics 4 isn't going to be any easier. I love Google Analytics 4, but that is because I am a nerd and I spent a <laughs> bunch of time working in spreadsheets for years. And I like doing that. You shouldn't have to like doing that, but I like doing that. And so I'm fine with Google Analytics 4, but not everybody is and should have to be. So those tools are just getting more complicated. And then you look at other stuff like Google Analytics, Google Search Console, just giving you search data, signals you're getting from social, signals you're getting from time people are spending on the page. What about ABM tools? All of this stuff is going to end up in Optimo and help people like you just make decisions much more quickly about what to do. 
Okay. And again, so the genesis of it was the complexity of all that and the number of things that content marketers have to do. The things that it can do today in terms of some very specific use cases that we use, we use it for all the time and our uh, customers use it for. Ultima is free, by the way. Everybody should know that. You can use it today if you want. One of them is just finding out what works, finding those stars. That's a great thing for us to be able to go talk to a client about and suggest that they double down on that stuff. And that is a button that is a tab you press in Automo to see those things. Another thing is seeing what pages are declining, because that is often something where we'll come back to a client and say, you know, you have this page, it generates a ton of traffic and the traffic is kind of falling off. And so let us, let's address this one together and kind of figure out what to do with that. Another one is understanding how your library is performing for certain topics. So because of the way Automo search works and because it's so fast, you can go to the, search, the library view and you can type in event staffing and immediately see a view of that. Well, okay, maybe I'm, in, I'm interested in event staffing, but I'm also interested in finding gig workers. How about that? How about our content related to that? So those are three things right off the bat that I think people seem to find pretty useful. And then in terms of things that are going to kind of come later is the ability to have more collections that you define around that stuff. So show me everything that's getting a lot of traffic from social. Show me everything that is about such and such topic and is declining or is ascendant what is new what isn't and then also we'll probably launch a slack integration later this year and some email tools as well so that's kind of also the future is we want automo to be sort of like what salesforce is for salespeople, but for content marketers you log in we aggregate a bunch of signals for you and we kind of tell you okay today we think your top priority is to create a new article about this and tomorrow Here's this massive content library that you have. You have hundreds of articles. You probably never look at 99% of them. Nobody else does either. Well, here is an example of something that you could repurpose or combine with something else. And that's your task for tomorrow as a recommendation. So that's kind of the, the Optimus story. I think what it does for me is like, like you said, like I can't, I might as well be reading. I mean, I don't know like an original Tolstoy that's still in <laughs> Russian, right? If I'm in GA, like I don't even know where to go. I wouldn't know how to a report together if someone had twisted my arm and told me I had to. It's just like you say, it is so not user-friendly for someone who doesn't already understand it. Yep. And yep. so what it does for me is it like, it takes all that same data and it just yep. translates it for me in a way that's like so easy for me to get in there and like just click around and find what I need and then right. really understand like, okay, here's what I need to do next. So I think that yep. for me is like the real value of it is it just takes the, the most trusted source of information and gives it to me in a way that's like actually totally. useful. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's been really fun to develop and it, it connects to this mission that we have connecting content marketers with revenue and just making all that stuff much easier. And Optimo, like I said, Optimo is free and it will, you know, there will be a free version for a long time because it lets us reach a lot of people with that stuff. So I'm glad you're getting value out of it as well, Jess. That's, that's awesome. And, and we're going to keep adding more stuff to it. Amazing. Can't wait. Justin, where can people reach you if they wanted to? If they want to reach me, LinkedIn, I'm all over LinkedIn, but also justin at aircule.co is a good place to go. Just send me an email there. I'm pretty good about responding. I'm on our website, it's at aircule.co. And we've got a little chat thing there too, which we respond to. And I'm always happy to kind of give information to help you out. We just launched our documentation site last week, which contains all of our tools and templates. We have really big plans to be adding stuff to it. So if you ask me a question about how to do something, 
there is a pretty good chance that I will, after our call, write it up for you, put it in our documentation. So please, you know, I would encourage anybody listening, reach out to me with questions. And yeah, very, very excited to be, you know, working on this stuff. It's something I care a lot about. The docs are amazing, y'all. Go look at them. They are incredible. I got a chance to get some sneak peeks of them before they actually went live. And and yeah, check them out. Bookmark them. You will go back to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Jess. Docs.airfuel.co. Thanks. Yeah, of course. All right, Justin, thank you so much. This was amazing. Loved having you on as our first guest. I feel like we're going to have to have you back because as you're talking, I have like six different episode ideas of like (laughs) just SEO best practices, all of those things that I think could be super helpful. So I don't think this will be the last time that we chat. Thank you so much, Jess. Really appreciate it. Great to talk. And uh, yeah, thanks to your listeners for listening to me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, listeners, thank you so much. Have a great week and uh, we'll see you. You'll hear us soon. And, uh, you know, that's marketing, baby. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of That's Marketing, Baby. Like what you heard? Please give us some love with a review. And don't forget to hop into our community list at thatsmarketingbaby.com to get more helpful tips, resources, and thoughts from us. See you next week.